Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in our truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Hello and welcome to Zero Today. I am your humble host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation, promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and helping you, our listeners, to knowing, being, and impacting the world around you. As always, you're welcome to join us on this illuminated journey, and there's several ways you can do so. Uh... Follow us online on all the social media. Facebook is the Zero Network, Pastor Neil Zero Network on Facebook. We are on Twitter. The show handle is at Zero Radio on Twitter. And my personal handle is at Lorenzo T. Neal. Um, we are uh, – I lost my train of thought there just, just that quick. Um, but anyway, you, you can find us anywhere on the radio, <laughs> on the Internet. You can find us. We're available on all your podcast outlets, including iHeartRadio and Apple, Apple iTunes and uh, uh, podcasts. So appreciate you for joining us. Um, it's going to be an abbreviated show today because uh, there's a lot going on. And I, I want to jump right into the topic of the day, which is the pandemic that we are all uh Affected by, impacted by, which is the COVID-19 or coronavirus that has uh, infiltrated the world scene and has caused many people to um, uh, go to some extremes. Matter of fact, I think there are um, uh, some whole municipalities that are shut down, closed down. Um, There are a lot of... um, self-isolation and self-quarantine. There is um, government that is encouraging, strongly encouraging uh, gatherings that are not more than 10 people now. It was 50. Uh, And so this this has brought quite a a fear, I guess you could say, is one thing. And um, a great interruption in how we interact socially, how we interact personally, and especially how we interact spiritually. Largely because um, this pandemic 
is one that has not happened in the closest thing we have is the uh what has been now been known as the Spanish flu of nineteen eighteen that actually started they believe in China then, but uh the only reason they call it the Spanish flu is because Spain uh which was during the first world war, I think a neutral party uh released their information about who was contaminated and who was not and uh so it became known as the Spanish flu um, it is it is quite a time that we're living in, and i I must be the first to admit one of the most challenging times. Because I I lean towards skepticism, and as I was hearing reports, and I was look, watching the numbers, uh, news reports, outlets reporting the news uh, of the numbers of the epidemic or the pandemic, I I was like, okay, these are small. In um, comparison with the population of the Earth, at 7.8 billion people on the planet, so. When you hear 50,000 contaminated persons versus 7.8 billion, you're like, okay, this is small. But then when you hear that now just about every country on the planet has been impacted by it, has cases of it, you you see why they call it a pandemic. And, um, and you see why the nation is as concerned as it is. And um it's it's worth it because it, as our Sunday school lesson uh at our church and the denomination has been talking about justice and we've been using the prophet Habakkuk lately. And um a lot of end time people are saying, you know, this is this is one of those plagues plagues that we must fear and be aware that Jesus is on his way back and while I believe yeah and and ascribe to the 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 ideology of uh uh Christ's return one thing I, I I hope is not too soon and no man knows the hour or the day only God knows but uh it is what it is I I'm I'm not into fear mongering and I'm definitely not into uh using scriptures to uh, misrepresent what is very clear a um, medical emergency that dare not be irresponsible in that capacity. But at the same time, I I don't want those I serve as pastor to be afraid or be ignorant of the reality of this this, uh, virus. The other thing is, you know, I've been following and, and reading and and I'm quite aware that uh, for many persons who have been infected or who have been diagnosed positive with the virus, they live normal. They live a life. They don't They don't pass away. It just has very simple symptoms, flu-like symptoms, and easily treatable once uh, you receive vaccine or anything like that. Uh, but the large majority of the persons who have transitioned who have been succumbed to this uh, virus are uh, have been children and largely senior adults 
uh, over the age of 65. And there have been some young persons, you know, there, there's a report of a very uh, a 20-something-year-old uh, high school coach, I believe, who was diagnosed and succumbed to the disease. Here in the state, I believe we have now, uh, I, I think we have uh, hundreds of deaths. I, I could be mistaken. I, I thought I had the material before me, but I, I did not. Uh, it would not pull up. So um, you're probably more informed than I am in some areas, and I appreciate that if you can share some of those information with me by way of the Facebook page. That would be great. Um, we we're just trying to uh, to be proactive in this day and age, and I am very clear. I'm very aware that this will change how we do church for the most part. It's going to change a lot of our practices, which probably you know needs some some change to it. I I, I wouldn't say. That is all bad, and I wouldn't say that it's all good, but I would say that um, for the most part, there is there is this need for change, and to or better yet, not change, adjustment is probably the better word. There's a change. There's a need for adjustment in how we do church, which brings me to the question: how how does how does the church or how should the church reform in uh, in the midst of this pandemic, how should we reform? Now, uh, to follow up with this, uh, or sub-angle of this perspective is, uh, what should church look like now? The biggest argument last weekend was, should churches hold services or close? A lot of large churches across the country uh, opted to close their doors and uh, do streaming services, online services only, and most of them had already had that um, that tool available for their members, so it was not a big deal. But then there were churches like the one I serve. Well, you know, we have a great number of members, um, and we have about average attendance about sixty-five, maybe eighty. Weekly, uh, the vast majority of my congregation population is 65 and older, and um, we did have service. We didn't have a lot of people, but we did have service, and I informed them that you know at the time the the, the suggestion was do not have assemblies of 50 or more, you know, and um, I was pretty confident we wouldn't have. Uh, more than 50 on this particular Sunday uh, for a number of reasons. But um, uh, there were a lot of churches locally, small and large, that did not hold services, and a lot of those churches do not have streaming capabilities. And so some people missed out, but some it gave some people time to kind of just enjoy one weekend. Yeah, I'm certain they gave a lot of pastors time to enjoy uh, one day off. But a lot of those pastors did live uh, either on Facebook, YouTube, or whatever streaming platform that they use. And uh, they want to ensure that the worship 
uh, experience was tw- uh, transmitted in a way that people could enjoy. And, you know, a lot of people feel church more as more an obligation, and they don't want to miss it. And that's how a lot of older adults think. You know, you, you don't miss church if you don't have to miss church. And the the reality is, you know, we've closed church. We've canceled service uh, because of inclement weather. And we we've done that, so it's no different. Uh, we when we're concerned about the safety of our uh, membership, we do what's best. We 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 don't have service if it's going to impede on the person's ability to live. <laughs> we don't have service. So the biggest distinction between uh, a weather closure and the, the coronavirus threat or pandemic. Is that people are It's how it's perceived uh, We trust For some reason We have more trust in the weather forecast You know we can see as Jesus said we can, You can see the sky And you can feel the wind You don't know where it's coming But you're able to forecast What kind of day it's going to be Based on your observation And you trust your observation And when it comes to the uh, scientists And those who do the weather You know we trust that the we trust that their forecasts are as accurate as possible. And if they say it's a weather alert, we're going to adhere to their instructions regarding weather alerts. And we do so. And um, I think because this is the, this came from government and a lot of people started crying separation of church and state. The government can't tell me what to do. The government should not be telling churches when and where and how not to have church. And I understand that sentiment. Matter of fact, a very renowned pastor, uh, Bishop Paul Morton, uh, tweeted several times last week regarding um, canceling services. And, and his perspective was, if you cancel church, you're canceling God's blessing. Or I'm, I'm, I'm very much, I'm not being specific. I'm very much generalizing because I only saw one tweet in particular from him. And um matter of fact, if you if you want to see what he one of the tweets that he posted, you can go to the old black church uh with Miss Ann Brock there, the old black church uh website and you can read the story and you can read a lot of the stories of how people and churches particularly are being impacted uh by this. A lot of people are saying that this, you know, when churches cancel uh, or don't cancel, those those pastors who don't cancel service, service they're more concerned uh, about the income than the people. And there, there may be some truth to that. Uh, just like any uh, other business, the church is a business, and it has basic operations that it has to do. It has basic things that they have to take care of, payroll, Utilities, all these other things that uh, are just pertinent to um, the worship experience. And so if you have uh, persons who are dependent on the church, uh, especially particularly those of us who are pastoral ministry, and if that is our full-time vocation, yeah, we are very dependent on the church operating week after week. No matter if we're salaried or we get paid by the service, it doesn't matter. We we have we share that burden if the church cancels service. You know, then there's some who won't get paid whether or not, you know, and they don't care if it's going to impact the church fiscally or not. <laughs> but 
there's there's just that, that concern. It really is uh, concern. And the COVID-19 has created this sense of mass hysteria uh, regarding who is in control. Do we follow the government and the healthcare leaders, or do we follow and trust God? And I say both. I say both. I say we follow the government and trust God. We do it all the time. We follow the government by following the basic laws of the land. <laughs> when we're driving, we make sure we buckle our seatbelts. We make sure we have our insurance and our license proper. <laughs> we make sure we follow basic traffic rules. That's government. When we uh, go different places, to post office, you know, do all the stuff we do, that's government. <laughs> that's government. The government pretty much already dictates a, a great majority of our life functions and behaviors. So it's not an this is me. It is not an infringement in, in this regard. Now, when we go back to the um, the weather um, statement that I met, I, I made earlier. You know, we 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 trust that the meteorologists and the television staff have done their due diligence, researching, following uh, what they are trained to follow, and we do so. The same thing with health officials, our local doctors, our primary care doctors. They have to have the same type of uh, training. They have to be aware and uh, um, educated regarding uh, any sickness. Any new ailment or disease or anything like that, they they must be informed as well, and that comes from their health leadership, health official leadership, like the World Health Organization, National Institutes of Health, the Centers for Disease Control, um, the Surgeon General of the United States. These these organizations, uh, uh, Health and Human Services uh, Secretary. These organizations are responsible for the care of the individual, um, and it is not infringing on the basic rights of the individual when they give out strong suggestions for containment uh, when it comes to pandemics, epidemics, or things like that. Now, I wish they had a, uh, I wish they had a stronger sense with this regarding some other issues, but. Uh, I'm not going to go there. The, re- the reality is, is that this is very new, even though it's been recorded before, even though um, people have faced issues like this before. It's very new to us in the modern age. And even with all, even with all the um, technology and enhancements that we have, the reality is that we are still vulnerable just as we were 100 years ago. Transmission by human beings is just what it is, transmission by human beings. And no matter what technology we have to try to halt, uh, we interact with each other so regularly that we don't think that we have what we may have. And, and um, you know, think about uh, and and I'm I'm trying not to rant and ramble. This is very critical, and in a, in a little bit I'm going to get to some um, some other things uh, from the Christian 
uh, Christianity Today, as well as the Christian Post. I'm going to bring in some articles from there and share uh, regarding the church and the pandemic. And I, But I, I just want to get this out the way first. That um, when you have artists uh, or actors like Idris Elba and Tom Hanks and his his family or his wife, I believe, getting you know testing positive, that raises a lot of concerns regarding how easily this is transmitted. And those these persons have uh, greater access. We we assume greater access to. Uh, uh, Healthcare and, and things of that nature, and, and they were still vulnerable. Even the president himself and um, several of our lawmakers, federal lawmakers, had come in contact with persons who had had um, been had tested positive. And and uh, as far as we know, those persons did not test positive, but they did self quarantine. And the president himself, having been in in contact with persons infected with the virus uh according to um reports he was tested and he tested negative also so you know the concern is about transmission and the greater transmission occurs the broader transmission concern uh, occurs the greater the concern of how this virus could you know not only could it uh mutate and become a, a different strain because they have a tendency to do that. But the greater population that can be infected by this virus, and though it may, you know, it's just like uh, uh, it is just like the flu virus, as I understand it, as a, a cousin of the flu virus. But I, 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 just as you know, if you live in a household with children who get the flu or get any type of illness, and you're in touch with, in contact with them. It transfers to you, and that's just a concern. And we don't want to see that <laughs> happen if it is preventable. And I believe greatly that this is very much preventable. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. The toughest decision I had Sunday was whether to have church or not. And since Sunday, the toughest decision I've had to make was whether to have church or not. And we have decided to. Cancel service, cancel Bible study, um, and I'm telling you, it's it's rough. You sit in your office and you're like, okay, what am I do? <laughs> and you still try to do sermon preparation. Or yesterday, I I only ran a few errands out of the house, um, largely because of safety concerns. You know, I, I my sinuses are acted up, and I'm more vulnerable. I I, I would say that. My immunity is is uh, greater susceptible because of my sinuses, and you know I, I was like I was supposed to go to a couple of meetings and I was coughing so bad I was like you know what I am not going out I'm coughing I don't want thinking I got it and uh, you know I believe it's just sinuses but if push comes to shove and it turns out that I got some more then y'all y'all just pray for a brother I'm gonna take a quick break. And uh, when I come back from the break, I will uh, bring up some some um, articles from the Christian and Christianity Today that I will share with you regarding this COVID virus. So I will be right back after this break. Mm-hmm. 
I'm Dr. Lorenzo Neal, and I speak with my fellow clergy about a way to enhance your life and ministry. Are you looking to better connect with yourself and those you minister to? When was the last time you explored your emotional intelligence and health? I want to offer you my service as a coach and counselor. I've developed a six-week coaching program with a specific focus on self-differentiation. My background in education, leadership, and community counseling psychology gives me a unique look to the connection between our emotional wellness and our ministry. Blending spiritual principles with a family systems approach to ministry, I will help you become a highly self-differentiated person with a ministry that is engaging, liberating, and transforming. Contact me at PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com to schedule your first session with me. I'm looking forward to hearing from you and working with you to serve this present age and to fulfill and engage all yourself to do your master's will. Blessings. So if you're not aware, I am a very, very curious person. I'm always trying to learn new things. And um, so I recently learned about Skillshare, and it's opened up so many doors for me on learning how to be a better creative person. I've learned, I've taken classes on uh, creative writing, on my podcasting, on my YouTube videos, all of that. It has come in handy. And I would strongly recommend you, if you are trying to improve on any skill that you have and you want to go from being a hobby to uh, make it a pro, <laughs> I, I, I want to invite you to go to Skillshare.com. Uh, Skillshare.com is where you can go to learn all kinds of things. They have workshops on everything that you can imagine, photography, videography, uh, writing, anything that you can think of. You can find it on Skillshare, so and I'm telling you, you're gonna you're gonna really love it. It's it's worth every single moment, every single class, and you'll you'll love it. You'll greatly greatly enjoy it. Go check it out, Skillshare.com/slash/zero-today-radio. And most of all, we've come to sing till the power of the Lord come down. I don't know about you, but I could use some power. Yeah, at first I thought it was just the stress of moving. Hey, who's using that? Think we own stock in the electric company? I will turn this car around right now. There's nobody back there. I was becoming my father. <clears throat> it's been an adjustment, but we're making it work. You know, Progressive.com makes it easy for us to get the right home insurance. Progressive can't protect you from becoming your parents, but we can protect your home and auto. Hello, welcome back to Zero Today. This is your host, Dr. Lorenzo Neal, 
and we thank you for tuning in in all this wonderful Wednesday day. Appreciate all that you are doing, and if you would like to continue to support us, we invite you to go to patreon.com slash Lorenzo T. Neal and uh, become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. You can help us with all the things that we do, not just here at Zero Today, but with many other outreach opportunities that we and ministries that we share and partner with. So thank you so much. Uh, again, visit all our social media on the Zero Network on Facebook and uh, Twitter. Follow us there. Anyway, so we're back. We've been talking about uh, the church and the pandemic, the church and the COVID-19 virus. It is a worldwide pandemic. It is affecting not just how countries uh, are, are, are one, populations um, and uh, businesses, but it's also affecting churches. The uh, magazine Christian Today has an article um, from that's written by uh, Le- uh, Edric Singh. I guess I said the right Edric Singh, who is um, he's writing regarding Singapore, the churches there in Singapore, and how they how they've adjusted uh, since being impacted by the coronavirus earlier this month, or oh, last month rather. Uh, and um, here in America, where stores are emptying out of sanitizer and all these other. It's <laughs> crazy. I I don't understand why were people buying toilet paper. It, it just amazed me. <laughs> I went to the store shelf. I can understand bottled water. I can definitely understand hand sanitizer. I cannot understand tissue. <laughs> but people were going hoarding and gouging tissue. I I just it's beyond me. But uh, he he writes about the churches in Singapore where uh because this this magazine Christian. Uh, Christianity Today was begun by Bill, Billy Graham, and Billy Graham named Singapore the Antioch of the East uh, or Asia. And if you know about Antioch, if you're familiar with the Bible, you know about Antioch. Anyway, he, the, the author says that um, that the churches in Singapore, which has a, a very large Christian population, that uh, they have been forced to an extended period of self-examination, reflection, and action. And the process, this is, I'm reading from the article, the process has not been straightforward um, with a lot of senior effect, uh, with a senior pastor afflicted with the virus, but entire denominations suspending services, church-based preschools closing, and very public online disputes in a nation that strictly enforces religious harmony on how the situation is being handled by church leaders. How interesting is that? (laughs) To help uh, churches in the United States and around the world, they are often, uh, the the author is offering seven suggestions. Number one, the first suggestion, he says that your service, your church's worship will change, but keep what is sacred and let everything else, if it got to go, let it go. And I, I mentioned that earlier in the first segment. You know, we're, we're going to have to make adjustments. That's just the reality of it. Uh, we're uh, we're going to have to figure out how do we do communion? Um, you know, 
how do we, if you're in a tradition like ours where you pass the peace and, and do all types of uh, personal engagement, how do you do that? How, you know, how does the pastor, you know, when it comes to personal prayer and all that stuff, we're just going to have to make adjustments. And especially when it's if you don't know a person is contaminated and they're singing, you know, and they're singing and it's, <laughs> we just have to make adjustments. But we still need to keep sacred, keep those things that are very sacred. The, 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 the format of your worship experience should be centered around encountering and engaging the Holy One and being empowered and engaging with your neighbor in love. So that's the center of it, and there are ways that you can do that. And ultimately, the preached word is the for uh, many of our churches that is the climax of the worship experience. And you just have to figure out how will you do that, um, and, and be real, be uh, be aware that you're going to have to make the adjustment. In practical terms, the church's response will be will vary depending on its doctrine, to- local context. Exposure to suspected cases of COVID-19, there's no correct answer. All are seeking the most appropriate response in extraordinary times. Precautions um, that the, the author's suggestion uh, have uh, that the Singaporean churches have done is they make sure they're taking temperatures during worship and made mandating travel declarations and recording contact details of attendees to facilitate tracing of contacts is necessary. That's a good deal. Suspending gatherings of more vulnerable groups, such as the elderly or children, we, we're doing that here. Suspending communion or moving to alternatives such as prepackaged bread and wine. And that's one of the things I think we are, as a church, are going to consider. And the other alternative for me was to wear uh, the, uh, the gloves that are used uh, by medical professionals across the, you know, uh, that's one option. And moving away from hymnals to limit physical points of communion contact and using projection screens to say we've already integrated that into our worship experience. So I'm glad about that. Second, said be a strong leader. Your members will need and want your guidance. So this is the word to pastors and church leaders. Y'all excuse my dog. He's, he, he wants to go outside. He can't. Uh, you don't want to, if you're canceling service, you don't want to be absent, and I know it's. I know a lot of preachers don't want to be absent, and I know there are a lot of persons, preachers in churches, and congregations like myself that don't have a lot of the means churches are doing. But you can still be present. You can still be available. You can find other things. Here's the third su- suggestion. Um, I, I ran through it right. Third suggestion, there's no better time for your church to step up its tech game. And I can't agree more. Uh, as as I stated in the previous point, you know, use projection screens, not cameras. I I switched to the projector uh, and screen a few years back because I have an elderly congregation. And as much as they were trying, they could not read the lyrics in the hymn books and, and I they you know we're Methodists and they were trying, you know, they had to have the book. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm more concerned about you singing than, you know, you trying to read and you can't even with your glasses. I understand that. And so to help them be more engaging in worship, we uh uh 
we were uh, we put it on the screen and projected it, and the entire service, the entire uh, liturgical worship experiences uh, broadcast is uh, projected on the screen, so you don't miss a thing. And we're moving now to uh, integrating uh, video technology for our announcements. So you know, while we still have one person reading announcements, and and we also put the announcements on the bulletin, we're going to put it on the screen. And that is going to cut down on worship time, you know. And, you know I don't know how it is doing those announcements period back in the day. Uh, <laughs> take 10 minutes just to do announcements. <laughs> so this, you know, use this opportunity to explore how can your church better facilitate its members with technology? How can you better integrate technology into the worship experience? Uh, this one right here, number, number four, step up your church program. Um, We've been praying every day uh, this last several weeks, largely because of Lent. Uh, but now we have more targeted prayer uh, this last few weeks. Every day at noon, we're praying specifically regarding this COVID-19 and all those persons who been affected by it. And uh, step up your prayer game. You have targeted prayers. You know what to pray for. You know who to pray for, vulnerable populations, the elderly, the children, uh, and now parents, because <laughs> kids are out of school. In many places, schools have been canceled. A lot of uh, the uh, the things the children and younger uh, teens would do uh, are postponed or canceled. Uh, athletic events, all of that's canceled. The kids don't have much to do. And the parents are home with the kids and they're not working. It's going to be a whole lot of whatever it can be. <laughs> but use this time, parents. Teach your children to pray. Use this time, pastors, to uh, get an intercessory team together to pray specifically for uh, this pandemic and as a specific, um, you know, do it regularly. And it will become a habit. And your members will learn the power of prayer. And uh, this next suggestion uh, says expect backlash. You know, Expect backlash from everybody, inside and outside the church, because those inside the church will say, we ain't got enough faith if you cancel service. You ain't got enough faith, pastor. You ain't got this. You you don't have that. You, know, you have to say, no, I'm more concerned about you. I have enough faith that God will save you, heal you, and, and protect you. I go to Psalm 91. I'm praying Psalm 91 over you, you know. He'll hide you in the shadow of his wing. I, that's what I'm praying. And, and I believe that I'm being led by God, prohibiting you from being <laughs> contaminated by this virus. <laughs> and then there'll be those critics outside the church. You know, it's like, well, that just goes to show you that if church closed, they fraud. They don't trust God. You know, as I said, you can counter that with a similar argument. Number six, love your neighbor. Good deeds will go a long way in a fearful public, and that is very critical. It, though we're not meeting physically, the church still has a mandate to serve this present age. We are discussing ways at my local church on how we can do that in the community. We and Because we've always served breakfast every Sunday, We the one thing we are going to do is we're going to serve breakfast. We're going to continue in that. It'll be limited and restricted, but we know there are a lot of children who usually don't get breakfast on the weekends, and even though there are a lot of 
organizations and schools providing food during the week. And on Saturday, on Sunday, that might not happen. And so we, uh, we have, we have, we've already been doing it. And so this is just one way we're saying we can still, we can still do that. And you know, it could be a to go. We got to go plates. We we ready to roll. We have it. We we we're good. And this is just our way of saying how we can better continue to serve this present age and let the people know just because we're not having service does not mean we're not serving. We may not be having service, but we are still going to be serving this present age. And the last thing um, that he suggests is that amid all the bad news and the headlines, the good news of Jesus Christ is more relevant now than ever. I think that's perfect because we should always be about the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are loving God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and we're loving our neighbor as ourselves. We're letting our light shine by serving this present age and reminding them that the physical building of the church is not the church. The physical building of the church is just where we assemble, forsaking out the assembling of ourselves together. That's all that is. We are the body of Christ. We are engaged in a being aware that we have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have been called out of the world, but we are still to go into the world and make disciples. We are still to go into the world and preach the gospel. We are still to go and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we are still mandated to do. And just because there is no worship experience between 11 o'clock and 2 o'clock or whatever, does not mean that that mandate stops. That mandate continues. We are to continue to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ as the answer. We continue to say that he is your shepherd. You shall not want. He is your savior. He is your light. He is your salvation. He is everything that you need in the midst of this epidemic. That's what we are called to do. And that's what we should do. And I believe that even in this, this pandemic, we have we are on the on the verge of a great revival. I really do believe that. I believe God is going to use this to His glory. And yes, there will be plenty of people manipulating this uh, this to their advantage in the church and outside of the church. There will be. But I'm telling you this: when we serve the Lord with gladness, we serve Him in this present age. We serve His people. The reward will be greater than what we are experiencing now. But anyway, I got to go. Thank you. Like I said, this is an abbreviated broadcast. Appreciate you so much for tuning in. Uh, Make sure that you uh, follow the show. Go to the Facebook page, Zerod Network on Facebook. Like, and you can listen to all the archive shows there. Also, we want to invite you, if you have not done so, support us on Patreon and become a patron for a little dollars a month. If you have any concerns or questions, email me, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. I'll be glad to interact with you all. You guys be blessed. Keep your head to the sky and serve this present age in the midst of all that we're going through. You know, we're still in need of the Savior. Amen today. You guys have a great day, and I'll hit you up later.